0: Pack-a-Day Podcast.
1: Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack-a-Day Podcast, the Mix-It-Up edition. So I'm your host for today, Sarah Kelleher, uh, joined for the very first time by pack Podcast and Game on Wisconsin's very own uh, Jason Perrone. So Jason, how are you?
2: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. How are you?
1: I am good. I'm one, very grateful that um, you were able to hop on and record this episode with me today. So um, just for anyone that's listening, Dusty is enjoying some well-earned vacation time um, with his family this week. And Steve was a bit under the weather. So Jason was kind enough to take some time out of his night and hop on and talk some Packers and record an episode with
2: you. Oh, Sarah, I think what you mean to say is they're stuck with me. And you're stuck with me too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, this is exciting. I mean, we've both been on the Packaday team for a while now, running in similar Packaday podcast circles and just Packers circles in general. So it's pretty cool that we finally had the opportunity to kind of link up um, and do an episode. Uh, so it's it's exciting. I mean, yes, of course, do we miss Steve and Dusty? Absolutely, but always exciting to get to talk to someone new as well.
2: Very good. Yeah, Packers football, and I have been uh, doing the Quick Slants podcast over a game on. I bumped it up to twice a week been a lot of fun and it's just been so refreshing to have actual football to talk about. And now we're actually focusing on football instead of some of the off the field non-football stuff. So that's good. We have on the field stuff to talk about, which is always preferred, right?
1: Exactly. I feel like the last two weeks have just been so nice to have real football things and not just crazy drama that we don't know if it's true, if it's not true um, and all that. So let's jump right into it. Um, You know, training camp continues on this week. There's been a lot of great coverage and great tidbits to come out of camp in the last week or so. So I'm curious, you know, before we kind of recap Tuesday and what happened, you know, we don't know each other super well, still, you know, learning uh, about each other. So what has maybe been the highlight of training camp for you uh, so far or something that's really stuck out in particular?
2: Man, um, I think the competitiveness. I mean, I hear about the talent level every year. I feel like every year. I remember when Favre used to say, like, this is the best team I've ever been around, even in 2005, after he, they went, they won four games and he played the 96 team and he saw some really good teams. And every year, like clockwork, he would say, this is the most talented team I've been around. So I think we, that's, that's been really cool, but I think it's just the energy level. There's just a, a, you know, a certain buzz to use my co-host, Mark Eccles, favorite word around the Packers and just this, this season and despite all the crazy stuff that's happened, I think there's just this, this building anticipation. The defense was good last year. I think they were 13th in overall scoring. So it's like they're so close to being a top 10 defense. And then, you know, the offense is going to be really good, too. So there's no reason to think that this team can't for all the reasons why and all the other things that are going on outside of 1265 Lombardi can't come together and have a really, really good season. And it's, it was kind of a bummer, like Kevin King, for example, him being on NF, NFI is kind of a bummer, but we get a chance to see Stokes and some of the rookies. And then I would be remiss if I didn't say that I'm kind of giddy for the preseason games to start because I want to see what Jordan Love looks like behind center.
1: Right. It, it It's almost like we have been deprived of football content. So now when we have it again, we're just really excited. But yeah, I was I was talking to a friend the other day and i I just remember we were talking about you know, the upcoming season and preseason in particular came up. And I was like, I don't think I've ever been this excited for preseason football, maybe ever, um, just because one, we didn't get it last year. So we never did get the opportunity to see Jordan Love and, you know, actually play in a game. And then two, it's just Packers football, it was a rough offseason, we had no idea, you know, what this year was going to hold. And now, you know, they're back in it. You know, people counted them out right away that immediately thought, oh, Rogers is gone. And now it's like, okay, Rogers is here. They have a lot of the same pieces, had a good draft, improved in a lot of areas, and they're contenders once again. So it's really exciting. Um, I think, you know, something I've loved just seeing the last couple of weeks is is like you said, yes, the competitiveness, but also just like the camaraderie and how much fun they're having. I mean, Rogers is riding around on a golf cart everywhere, Um, they just are messing with each other, playing, you know, music at practice and taking over the ox. So it's definitely fun, um, to have them back and be able to break it all down for sure. So, yeah,
2: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So like I said, for this episode, we are really just going to give you a recap of some of the main takeaways, um, from Tuesday's training camp which was actually the first day with pads so that was super exciting obviously you know nothing crazy but it's a step closer to what we're all hoping for uh, so a couple just news and notes uh, from the beginning so uh, Packer's outside linebacker and special teams uh, contributor Randy Ramsey uh, he went down with a left ankle injury in practice earlier this week on Monday um, and people that were there were reporting that, he wasn't able to put pressure on his leg at all, um, that it didn't look great. And so on Tuesday, uh, Lafleur confirmed to the press that, yeah, this is a really bad injury and he's probably going to be out uh, for a considerable amount of time. So if you're wondering, you know, what does that mean for the Packers? Ramsey's undrafted free agent. He signed a couple years ago in Green Bay. He's a really solid special teams guy, but doesn't really contribute much outside of that. So, you know, it's unfortunate to see this happen. We never you know, want to see someone get injured, it always sucks. But um and but it's not gonna really affect the Packers day to day and what they're trying to do. So, you know, send him our best, hope he recovers as quickly as possible. But this doesn't throw off, you know, the plan too much for what the Packers have in mind this year.
2: Well and with Ramsey, the the thing with him is that with and special teams in general too is we don't really get the same breakdown of X's and O's. This is where you need a dusty uh, is where the X's and O's of what do the special teamers do? Because I couldn't tell you how effective some of these guys are out there. I mean, you, you see the Gunners and when they make a tackle and someone makes a big play, a return for a touchdown or a field goal by Crosby or a big punt by J.K. Scott. Like, that's obvious stuff. But the dirty work that you don't really see, what doesn't show up on the stat sheet. So what did Ramsey bring in that area there? Because I'm sure if you ask Maurice Drayton, the special teams coach, uh, how he's going to fill that hole, he probably would have a, a lot bigger concern than – maybe some of the other coaches as far as the defense goes. But you've got like a John Garvin, who's a young defensive end and linebacker who could potentially step into that spot. Fortunately, the Packers did bring back Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary. So the pass rush really, I think, is largely set. Mm-hmm. It's a role player, like you said there. But special teams was an area the Packers struggled in a lot last year. They definitely need every piece they possibly can get this year. So hopefully they've got a contingency plan there.
1: Yeah, will definitely be interesting to see what happens. Uh, some other news from Tuesday is that Packers undrafted rookie wide receiver Bailey Gaither announced that he retired. Um, so this is actually the second Packers player to retire since the start of training camp. So, you know, everybody in Vegas thought Aaron Rodgers was going to retire. He's not one of the two. Um, but uh, anyways, with Gathier he bit of an interesting story. He spent six years in, sa- at San Jose State. Uh, fortunately, he tore his Achilles uh, in 2018, I believe. And, you know, not sure if that had any impact on his decision or what was happening there. Um, didn't, didn't see a lot. I'm not sure if you did, Jason, but, um, you know, obviously they weren't huge contributors or Packers legends or stars, but again, you know, wishing them the best on whatever comes next.
2: Yeah, it's it's we've seen it more common over the last decade. Some younger players, you know, Chris Borland, the, the famous Wisconsin Badgers, uh probably an example a lot of Packers fans can relate to. And you, know, you just you just never know. I mean, ever since the player safety thing came out, and some other guys are just making decisions and deciding, hey, maybe their career isn't going the direction they thought it was going to, maybe it was an injury. Simon Stepaniak, the other Packer who retired the offensive lineman. There's something to be said, too, uh, about, and, and you know, there's 31 other teams that they could possibly play for in the NFL, but both of these guys were buried on the depth charts. So it just does kind of make you wonder, did they see the writing on the wall? Do they have other aspirations? We just really don't know. We really don't know. And and for some of the, the names, Stepaniak's a name that we heard. Gaither not is really as much. There's been so much focus on the other wide receivers because there's this this guy who got the 99 rating in Madden, and the <laughs> Packers are working on a contract, and he's probably the best out there in the game, so it steals the spotlight away from some of the other guys on the depth chart. But yeah, the Packers, I think they'll be okay. But it, it is another kind of one of those long away mentally, because I think eventually whether it's with the Packers or somewhere else, there's, there's going to be a surprise early retirement at some point from a player that we definitely have heard more about.
1: Agreed. And I think with the year and a half that we've had, a lot of people have realized, Hey, you know, maybe what I thought was my everything isn't, and I want to spend more time doing this or more time with my family. And, you know, especially with the sport like football, where it's you're so injury prone. It's so tough on your body. Some of these players, like you said, that have been around for a while, um, and that, you know, maybe are still performing at a high level are just like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm not saying that's gonna happen to everyone, but, you know, I, I totally agree that we're gonna see, you know, somebody here soon. And it kind of be shocking, but also totally understandable with just, you know, what we've all been through in the last year or so. So Um, And as a corresponding move to Gaither's retirement, the Packers also signed Daniel Crawford, who is an undrafted free agent tight end uh, from Northern Illinois. And apparently he was wearing uh, number 80 at practice on Tuesday. So that's just a note there. Um, Again, we'll kind of see how it goes. Uh, There's obviously great tight ends for him to learn from on the roster. Not sure, you know, what kind of impact he's going to have, if any. But Hey, if, if he's looking, you know, to get experience to be a practice squad guy, there's a good group of tight ends he can learn from, um, in Green Bay for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that number eighty is a big deal. And NIU is kind of kind of an interesting note there. Uh, runs in my family, both by my. Um, my aunt, my dad, and two cousins went to Northern Illinois. So it's good to okay. see some love going on from the, from the Northern part of the state. I'm, I'm originally from there. Although obviously I grew up in Wisconsin, I'm a Packers fan now too, but kind of cool to see the, that school getting some, uh, some attention. They've had a, an on and off decent program over the past 20 years. Every once in a while they pop in there. So, but again, it's another one of those situations where the depth chart seems pretty well set at the tight end. I think we're talking about you know, an extra an extra body, and if, if we can stash some of these guys on the practice squad and give them, a, you know, an opportunity to give the the offense or the defense a good look during the week of practice, I think that's that's good enough there. I got to trust the Packers scouting work there that they they felt that he was worthy of coming in and, and wearing that number eighty. There's a lot of pressure, right? Number eighty's kind of a kind of a big deal in Green Bay.
1: <laughs> Just a little bit, Yeah. So. Uh, Aaron Rodgers also continued to be a focus at training camp on Tuesday, um, but not for reasons you might expect. So been, there's been a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers and his future with the Packers or Aaron Rodgers and you know how he's performing. But Tuesday was all about Aaron Rodgers having fun. So yes, he showed up on the golf cart again. He also apparently had the ox the entire practice. Uh, the athletics Matt Schneidman reported that Music sounded like it was from before he was alive, which definitely made me laugh. Um, And he also was hanging out with the Packers photography team and taking pictures with them, taking pictures of the guys out there. Um, If you you haven't seen it yet, the Packers did post the photos that he actually took on their social media. So definitely check it out. It's interesting. But love to see Rogers having fun like that. Um, And I thought it was interesting that they let him have the ox um, and play some music the whole practice. So Jason I'm curious if you were to take the ox for Packer's practice what would you play any artists or songs that come to mind right away?
2: Man I don't know I really don't know I I guess uh, I think about artists that are are good warm-up um, and I just I think of a lot of Travis Scott there's something with some pep in it you know I listen to a lot of um, hip-hop um so travis travis is always a really good one he always seems to have really good beats that kind of get you going before the games and i feel like when i go and to a game at lambeau or anywhere else in pre-games you hear a lot of their music too um i don't know i would probably try to stay away from the corny stuff that you hear on the radio all the time because it's too easy and you definitely want something with a little bit of an edge to it you know i always talk about the packers having that it factor that x factor and i think just getting them kind of fired up and having some music that's got a little bit of an attitude probably to just just get you in the mindset because when pads are popping you need a little extra motivation
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
1: Definitely. And I can confirm, you know, Travis Scott, definitely good artist. I've seen him in concert before. So that was super fun. But yeah, you, you also have to make sure it's music that the players like too. So, you know, a lot of players are Travis Scott fans, Drake, um, the list really goes on. So I think, you know, I, I don't think anyone would take the ox from you if you played Travis Scott at the Packers practice. I right, think they yeah. would be okay with that. So maybe not Aaron Rodgers, but because yeah. um, we know he he's old school, but um, Definitely good pump-up music from Travis Scott there.
2: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
1: So another note um, from training camp on Tuesday was, which I know might be a little bit shocking um, and come as a surprise to anyone who's listening, but it's that Devontae Adams isn't perfect. So I know, you know, all of us that follow the Packers, people that are Packers fans, you know, he, he can do no wrong in in our eyes. He, he's wide receiver one, you know, 99 and Madden, like you, you just talked about. Uh, but a few reports, uh, from training camp on Tuesday were that he looked a little bit off. Um, you know, he wasn't as sharp as he typically looks. He dropped a couple passes here and there that he typically would catch. Um, but you know, I'm okay with this. I, if he's going to drop passes, let's drop them now in training camp. You know, as long as Devonte Adams is catching uh, touchdown passes uh, during the season, that that's all that I care about. So if he has an off day uh, in training camp then so be it. I'd much rather that happen now than, you know, three months from now.
2: Do you watch the office? I do. Do you remember the episode where they were trying to figure out who was reporting that the printers were catching on fire <laughs> and, and Pam tells Jim in the stairwell, like, I think I'm going to, it was me. I think I have to come clean. And Jim's like, this, this is good. Let's get all the bad ideas out now, right? So it's like Devontae, let's get all the bad play out now and, and practice and training camp and, you know, all the drop season, everything like that. I you, you really cannot worry about Devontae Adams until it spills out into the regular season. And I mean, even if he comes out week one and he's a little bit rusty, I'd be disappointed. But I'm not going to worry about it until we get into like midseason and he's still dropping balls and something just seems off. With him, especially if they get a deal done and they're investing all this money, but there's no reason to think there's anything to worry about with number 17. I think he'll be, I think he'll be okay. And, and it's been a long and crazy off season. You know, I mean, maybe he's nervous already because he feels this is, this is it. This is the year they're going to chase the Lombardi and that'll get the pit of your stomach going for anybody. So but true professional, as much time as he spends working on his game, there is every reason to think he'll be fine. I mean, if, if it's not going to be for a lack of effort, work, practice. I mean, him working on his his footwork. You know, I heard when they're doing special teams, he's out there working on his release off the line, taking every opportunity he can to improve himself. So probably, out of all the guys, if, if you had to call it fifty-three, I know there's more guys out there than fifty-three. He's he's probably uh, one of the last two or three players that we have to worry about. So fortunately it's Devonte. I think he'll be okay.
1: Yeah, just maybe, I, I think he'll maybe be okay there. But uh, speaking of Devonte Adams and another note that came out of training camp uh, from this week was that Jari Alexander actually jumped in front of a floater that was intended uh, for Devonte Adams and picked off Rogers um, in Tuesday's practice um, and apparently was so excited that he hopped the fence into the stands, and started celebrating with fans. So always good to have some friendly competition between wide receiver one and CB1 there. Um, just curious, what are your thoughts, you know, going into this season about Jari Alexander? I know the Packers have been a little cautious with him so far in training camp. He's been doing a lot of one-on-one drills on the side, but then, you know, we see he gets out there and immediately makes plays um, against, you know, some of the top duos in the NFL. So kind of curious, you know, what, what you're feeling about him and potentially his future with the Packers, too.
2: Well, I'm incredibly biased because I yeah, the game day jersey I wear is the number 23. It's Jair's uh, jersey. So, thanks to our Pack co-host, Jacob Westendorf, who bestowed that upon me a couple seasons ago when he was a rookie, and he's, he's been my jersey ever since. <laughs> Jair's one of the reasons I'm very excited about this year's team, because I think he's going to be a big part of that dog mentality and the culture on defense, and helping them ascend to hopefully what's a top-10 scoring defense, keeping other teams out of the end zone. He just he kind of has that quality of, you know, I don't like to make direct comparisons because every player is really good on its own. But back when the Legion of Boom was really good in Seattle, Richard Sherman basically had the entire left side locked down, covered. And then they could, they could do whatever they wanted to do with Camp Chancellor, Earl Thomas at safety, and the rest of the defense. So Jair, no shortage of confidence. He came out and said earlier this week, we heard him talk about how he doesn't care if he's overlooked. He knows he's good. That's all that matters is what he thinks. He doesn't worry about the outside noise. You know, he's, he's a really interesting personality. He, you know, he's got a lot of, a lot of that going on. He's, you know, always given the incomplete sign when he breaks up a pass, just utterly confident. You need those types of guys. And look, I want iron sharpens iron. If, if he's going to make a play against Devontae Adams, I would celebrate the heck out of that too, because I don't know how often, even if you are Jair Alexander, you get a chance to better number 17. So when either of those two wins a battle against the other, it's definitely worth celebrating and hey there are fans at training camp. That's the big that's the biggest thing is there's fans, there's people back in the stands and I I can't wait. That that home opener is going to be incredible. Just a full stadium, the noise and and getting pumped up and I'll be there. I plan on being there, so I'll be there in person to hear it, looking forward to it a lot for sure.
1: Oh, I'm so jealous. I was just talking to my dad the other day. I'm like, we got to figure out when we're going because this is going to be the year that we want to go. Um, so, you know, usually we go up to, um, I'm in Florida. So usually we go up at least for one game. Um, so now it's just figuring out, you know, when when's the right time to go, um, when we can get off work and things like that. So something I'm really looking forward to about uh, Alexander this season is also, um, how he works with Eric Stokes. I think immediately when Stokes was drafted, that was the first thing everyone thought of. Like, okay, Jair has a buddy now, like a, a legit buddy that he can one, um, you know, like you said, iron sharpens iron, work with, grind with every single day. But also um, that he can really take under his wing and mentor. So it's, a lot of people were saying that Rogers was bullying Stokes a little bit, going at him repeatedly, and. Um, he got burnt a few times, one I think by Lazard, another by Adams. You know, but personally, I think this is a good thing. I think if Aaron Rodgers is seen that and is going after him, you know, Rodgers is very intentional, in excuse me, intentional about everything that he does. Um, and so if he's saying, hey, I'm gonna go after this guy, I'm gonna try to make him better now in camp, so then you know, when he plays against guys um, during the season, he's comfortable, he's ready, he's been tested. Um, but I'm curious, you know, what what you think about maybe Stokes and Jair's relationship and how it could develop over the year.
2: I think that culture is strong. I think the defense, and they're going to take him under their wing, all of them. Z, Rashawn, Jair, Savage, Amos, all those guys are going to take him under their wing. He's going quick, to be, quickly become part of what it is that they're doing. I think the plan, if you take a corner, well, you take anybody in the first round, especially higher. And the Packers obviously drafted much, much uh, lower because of their, their good finish last season. But when you draft somebody in the first round, they're expected to be a contributor right away. So I think the, the idea is, is that Stokes maybe doesn't start the season as a starter, whether he's going to be in the slot or outside. But come the last part of the season, you hope that he's kind of taken hold of that starting role over a Kevin King or whoever else it is that's going to be out there. Maybe it's Channing Sullivan's snaps that he takes a hold of. Uh, very key and Jair is going to be a big part of that and, and helping him gain that confidence. But I think that's also one of the reasons why they drafted Stokes is because he had that, he had that X factor. I think the Packers place a really good amount of emphasis on that interview. The part of the combine that we don't see and we don't hear much about is what's between their ears. And he just seems like he's smart. He's not afraid of the moment, make a big play. And if you can get production out of Stokes right away, and Kevin King is maybe your third or fourth corner. When you think about the fact that he was starting in an NFC championship game last year, that secondary, it just, it gets you giddy. It just gets you really, really excited. But I, you know, unfortunately, like I said, but unfortunately King on the NFI, uh, we while all the players out there want them to be healthy, but Stokes getting a look right now is not a bad thing. He's, he's getting a chance to go up against guys like Devontae, like we said that whole iron sharpening iron type of thing and trial by fire. He's going to learn really quickly what it takes to cover some of these NFL wide receivers.
1: Absolutely. And it seems like, you know, in addition to working hard and kind of improving their game that they're already having a lot of fun with Stokes too. So uh, he actually was one of the players that spoke to the media after practice on Tuesday. Um, And personally, I think his segment was my favorite of the afternoon. Um, And he, he talked a little bit about how, Jarier alexander and some of the other uh veterans on the defense basically were like hey you're the new guy in town so you got to get us all snacks uh we're hungry you know it's training camp we're busy um so you know do us a solid and he read off this super long list of things that he went to target um and got for the guys so i mean from snickers to skittles chips he said he even got pistachios for Agent Amos. So it seems like he's really trying to keep his leaders in his good graces and do a little professional courtesy for them. So I respect it. But, um, you know, I was thinking if I was lucky enough to be Jari or Alexander, what would I want on my list? So I think, you know, I'm thinking top three snack items I, I'd want uh, Stokes to get for me would be, you know, maybe some peanut M&Ms, uh, Cool Ranch Doritos. Mm, and maybe just like a classic wavy lays or something like that to, to at least keep me a little balanced there. Um, But what would you want on your snack list?
2: I feel like you're going to call me copycat because two of mine are kind of similar to yours. Um, I Heath bar is my favorite candy of all time. So definitely some Heath bar Heath bites, whatever it is, or, you know, if you really want to turn up, then you get some, Crunched up Heath, and you do you go ice cream social. You bring in some vanilla ice cream, mm-hmm. and you bring in bring in some crunched up Heath. Uh, I like the peanut butter M Ms. Those are those are my okay. uh, those are my go tos for M Ms. And then I'm a regular Doritos straight nacho cheese Doritos kind of guy. Um, like Slim Jims too. Those are really good. They add a little bit of meat in there as well but i'm sure he did just fine but when you've got all those different guys it's it's kind of the same as when the rookies have to take the veterans out to dinner there's going to be all sorts of different wine and some like steak some some like seafood and they'll find a way to rack up the bill but i would have i would have loved to have literally been a fly on the wall in that room and just feast on some of those snacks because it sounds like it was uh Sounds like it was really good. And we're Packers fans. So even if we didn't live in Wisconsin, there's some Wisconsin in all of us. And if you're from the Midwest and you, especially if you've lived in Wisconsin, you know, rule number one, it's all about food.
1: Exactly. Amen. A freaking men. But I thought this was amazing just because it, 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 one, it it shows that they're having fun. And then two, it's just kind of tradition to always um, give the rookies a little bit of a hard time and, um, like you said, there's always the dinner. Um, but This is a, a unique twist on that. And I know he said the cashier at Target asked him if he was throwing a party because he he bought so much food. But uh, definitely a good tidbit from after practice on Tuesday. Uh, David Bakhtiari also spoke with uh, media on Tuesday and obviously addressed some questions about his return coming off that torn ACL um, You know, at the end of last season. His exact quote was, I'm itching to get back out there, and I don't like seeing other people do my job. Uh, so, you know, love to hear that. Love that he wants, you know, to get out there as quickly as possible. He didn't give a specific timetable for his return, but curious if you kind of have a prediction or maybe a guess of when we might see him back in action this year for the Packers.
2: I don't know when. I hope it's week one. I am it- I am itching. I We need our 69 back. He is absolutely the just the bomb, was so supportive of the Bucs when they were going through their playoff run, he is, you want to talk about the culture and the personality of the Green Bay Packers. He is a huge part of it. And I'll tell you this, regardless of what his timeline is, I know the doctors are going to do good by him. He's going to listen to the medical trainers and the staff and all that kind of stuff. David Bakhtiari will be out there the absolute nanosecond that Mm -hmm. he can play football and is cleared to play football. So even if he's not out there right away, you know that it's merely because it's just physically impossible. Otherwise, you know, he's going to be out there. So that's that's there's no question about that. He's 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 he is means every word that he's saying there. And he's looking forward to getting back at it. And he's had to train extra hard. I mean, chugging all those beers. That's a lot of calories to try to work off. So he's got to get himself <laughs> back out there and play football and losing some of that water weight again. Right.
1: Oh, gosh. No, he, he's always great at the Bucks games. I always love seeing him there. And I know his dad was there um, during the playoff run this year. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, he's he is just the best. I love, one, watching him play because he's spectacular. And then two, he's just the best. He's hilarious. He's so much fun. He's lighthearted. You can tell he's loved by the organization, the coaches, his teammates, the community. So it's hard not to root for a guy like him. Um, he also had a great quote uh, Tuesday about Josh Myers. He knows the Packers rookie center that's been coming in and making an impact really quickly. And you know, he said, you're either a terrible athlete or a bad football player because why are you playing center at 6'5"? Uh, and then he, he laughed it off and said, but he proved me wrong on both. Though I will not say he's my favorite center from Ohio State, he's off to a good start. So always good stuff from number 69 there and excited to see him get back up out on the field soon. Definitely miss him.
2: You know, that is kind of an interesting thing too because as a center, you need that low center of gravity. And 6'5 does seem tall. I'm sure there's other centers that have been that tall that have done really well. I think Corey Lindsley, if I'm not mistaken, was like 6'2", six 6'3". So, I mean, that's not short. That's definitely mm-hmm. not short. But when you think of 6'5", you're starting to get into guard territory. I mean, there might even be some tackles that are 6'5". So I'm really curious to see how Josh Myers handles that center of gravity thing. And then then there's the old uh, – I don't know if you, you remember this, Sarah. Back in the day when uh, Rodgers had a couple different centers, I think when Evan Dietrich Smith took over at center, and then Jeff Saturday was in there for a while, and Rodgers talked about – taking the snap and the different butt heights and sweat situations and all that other kind of stuff <laughs> down there. So that's just one more thing for us to, you know, kind of lean forward in our seats and hear what Aaron Rodgers has to say about that whole thing. Cause obviously the, you know, laugh it off, but the, the center exchange with the quarterback is very important. And he's been, Rodgers has been in the league for 16 years. It's Meyer's first, uh, first goal round and I'm glad he's performing well in practice but the lights under a regular season game are a lot different so hopefully they're not too bright for him when they kick things off in New Orleans in week one
1: definitely and I did look it up Lindsley is 6-3 so you know really only two inch difference there but hey maybe taller centers and the Packers maybe that's a good duo so fingers crossed that that works out but yeah I've been really excited he He was a pick when we were talking about the draft and kind of just reflecting on, you know, what the Packers did and the decisions they made that I was like, I think he could really make an impact right away and be really exciting. So it's been really neat to kind of see that. And I know Rodgers has been very complimentary of him already as well. So they're already building that trust, which, you know, like you said, is super important at the center position.
2: Well, I don't think there's any other, except for Eric Stokes maybe right now because King is out there, but Josh Myers is really the only rookie that's, I think, primed to be starting this season. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot to ask. I mean, if Stokes gets out there and does it week one, that's fine, but not out of the gate. I mean, if everybody was healthy right now and King was healthy, he would, they would probably be working him in and and he'd be penciled in as the starter week one. So Myers has a lot of, a lot of pressure on him, but again, Packers aren't going to put him in a situation where he's not going to succeed. And when he was drafted, what did we hear about him? A lot about him was that he was a smart player, team captain, Ohio state. Again, what's between his ears. The Packers got to trust the Packers that they did their due diligence. And it looks like they hit again on another offensive lineman that could be really, really good for him. If you think about the guy who's taken David Bakhtiari's place Entering his third season, Elton Jenkins, who's just absolutely all world up front. What a find in the second round. Just absolutely incredible job by the Packers scouting team with those offensive linemen.
1: Yeah, he's definitely going to be a player to watch um, week one and just, you know, see what happens. And I I have a good feeling about it. Uh, So, Today, on Wednesday, when you're listening to to this, the Packers do have practice, but it is not a public practice. Um, They're doing a private walkthrough, so uh, there won't be as many reports, but um, you will have the opportunity to hear from, you know, the man himself, Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard is also speaking to the media after the walkthrough, and Devondre Campbell, so definitely some good stuff to come um, later today. And I'm sure we'll get some more Rogers drama, uh, more questions answered. Um, we know last week when he addressed the media that the contract, the n- their new contract was not finalized yet. So I'm sure we might learn a little more about that and some of the other details um, and context around that move. But i um, curious if you're looking for anything from Rogers um, on, you know, today or the rest of training camp or have you come to peace with the situation?
2: Yeah, I have. I, I mean, I think you you hit the nail on the head earlier with Rodgers and being, his being intentional. It's very intentional. And he doesn't just show up in front of the microphone and wing it. He's been thinking already for a while about what it is he wants to say. What's the theme of what's he's, what is he going to talk about this time? He's already a step ahead, anticipating every question he's going to get asked. He's very cerebral type of athlete. I guess if I'm looking for anything, it's going to be for me to for him to start talking about the team, the the players, the approach this season and f- about football and not so much the off the field stuff. I know he's going to get asked about it, but hopefully if he just if he starts talking about the team and how excited he is, you know, one of the things he said was he got juiced up when he got back out on the field. Kind of makes me wonder if he rethought sitting out all spring when he was out there and was like, Hey, I don't know if I would do this again. If, if I'm here next season, if I'd sit out the whole off season program, I know that he said he had some mental health stuff to take care of, but focus on football because the chances are, are dwindling here. We know Rodgers is going to play forever. There is only one Tom Brady. I know nobody wants to hear that, but it's <laughs> tough to think that Rogers is going to play another six or seven years and have that many more bites at the apple and especially in green Bay. So focus on ball and and let's get to uh, trying to bring the Lombardi home because Packers' best chance to do that is with Aaron Rodgers this year and Aaron Rodgers' best chance to do that is with the Packers this year.
1: Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. So we will move on. Uh, that will pretty much wrap up camp highlights from Tuesday. But As always on the Wednesday edition, before we go, wanted to answer a few questions. So thank you to all of you who sent in uh, questions, really great ones. As always, uh, we just picked a few to run through real quick at the end of the episode and um, kind of debate, talk about, dissect, however we want to. So uh, the first question is from Eric Rose, who is a very loyal Wednesday listener, loves sending in questions every week. Um, And he asked in light of dusty's request of the panthers which if you did not see the panthers uh tweeted earlier on tuesday feeling generous tell us a jersey you need and we may just buy it for you um and dusty you know submitted his request but he said in light of dusty's request if you had to get a jersey from another team who would it be so curious jason if you just had to get a jersey from another team you know Maybe what team and then what player on that team?
2: I am on the spot. Man, this is a really good question. i I have not I have honestly not not thought about this before. I'd probably I'd probably break my own rule. and one of the rules I have for Packers or any other jersey is no quarterbacks. It's too obvious, and so I don't like to go quarterback. but I think I'd break my own rule because if I'm gonna get a, a jersey from another team, it's got to really make sense and it's got to be a player that I really respect that's going to be around for a while and who's really, really good. So I'd probably go Mahomes. I'd probably go Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs. Andy Reid's head coach there. He's got the Packers tie. So yeah, it's a little cliche because he's, you know, the the new supposed face of the NFL. But he's also one that I would wear and deal with all the co- the other thing is, is what jersey would I wear and be willing to to answer all the questions and take all the flack from my friends for wearing a non Packers jersey. And I think Mahomes would definitely check that box. I'd go with Mahomes. What what's your take? What do you who you got?
1: So I had to think about this one too, because I it was like, okay, one, no one in the NFC North, absolutely not. Like can't pick anyone there. Um, but then it's also like, what is a team that no one would really get too upset about? And where is a player that I also, like you said, really respect or I- I care about or am excited about? Um, so I'm a UCF grad. I went to UCF in Orlando here. Um and Richie Grant, who was one of our really good DBs, actually got drafted by the Falcons this year. And so I worked like in student media there, super nice guy, always, you know, just willing to answer any questions you have, give everyone his time. Um and so I think I would go with him because one, UCF grad, um, obviously, you know, always try to support alums in the NFL, um, as long as they're not playing against the Packers. Um, but that's definitely one. Um, and then I think the Falcons have super cool uniforms. So that, that's just another thing. They aren't really rivals of the Packers either. So, you know, I know they've played in high pressure situations in the past, but in recent years, it's not like there's been, you know, a lot of tension between those two teams um, and then another one would just be Shaquem Griffin, like again, another UCF player, um, absolutely adore him and his story and just, you know, what he's gone through to get to where he is in the NFL. So I, I definitely would support, you know, the UCF guys and, um, those two are two that come to mind because they're great people and, you know, w- w- it wouldn't hurt to support them at all. So well, you
2: definitely <laughs> win the creativity award of the two of our answers for sure. So very well done. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was definitely, I I have, um, I, it was so hard because I remember when the Packers played the Seahawks in the playoffs a couple of years ago, the Griffin brothers actually had a sack together against Aaron Rodgers. And it was very late in the game. It, it could have been a game changing situation. And I just remember sitting in my apartment with my friends and I'm like, this is horrible. Like, obviously the Packers are my team and they always have been. And you know, I cheer for them and everything, but then it's like, this happened too. And like, I don't want to get excited about it, but it was also super cool. So I just remember being so conflicted, like, Oh gosh. So, um, you know, glad that, uh, they're on teams that don't play the Packers as much anymore. So I can, I can feel, you know, okay, rooting for them. And I I don't have to feel so conflicted, but, uh, Eric also had a second part to his question, which was a food uh, question. And he asked, What is the best dessert that isn't Oreo or cheesecake?
2: Ooh, well, okay. since Eric is a frequent flyer on Wednesday and it's Wednesday and I'm here, I might as well tell him that, Eric, don't forget there are seven days of the week and Saturday is also another great day of the week. We would love to have you stop by the Saturday cruise show as well while you're looking for something to do on the weekend. Um, Okay, so this one's really easy for me. This this uh, anyone who knows me really well knows that I have a major sweet tooth. So for me it's it's just plain and simple it's Ben & Jerry's. Ben and & Jerry's and I guess you just take take those flavors out of the mix and those can't be the one that you go with but it's it's Ben & Jerry's it's ice cream. You heard me mention the ice cream social idea earlier it doesn't take much for me to to need that. Plus I'm in the Phoenix area so 12 months out of the year it's always ice cream season out here so <laughs> if it's if it's Ben & Jerry's put it in front of me. I'll make it disappear.
1: Yeah, I've, I'm pretty much in sync with you on that. I was just going to go really generic and say ice cream in general that, you know, Oreo like cookies and cream is my favorite ice cream flavor, but hey, if I can't do that, like there are plenty of other options I can choose, right? Chocolate chip cookie dough, like mint, mint chocolate chip, and chocolate vanilla swirl. Like there are so many options. So ice cream would definitely be my answer. That's like my go-to dessert. It's easy. Um, I always have it in the house, um, have to, you know, hide it at times for my own self because I, yeah, I'm the same way. I will dive into that way too often.
2: <laughs> well, and the thing about Ben and Jerry's too, is it's like a pint's a lot. That's still a lot, but it's like that small ish looking portion versus like, if you're, if you're eating from, well, not from, but like the half gallon or the gallon containers and there isn't really anything except for your own discipline to keep you from taking it all down at once. So At least gives you something to to, to cut you off so you don't overindulge, I guess I'll say.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, So our next question is from Dawn, who is also a frequent um, Wednesday listener. And she asks, what is your favorite camp moment captured in photo or video so far?
2: Who, gosh. Um, You know, I guess I haven't uh, seen a ton of the the pictures from camp. Um, I I liked seeing Aaron Rogers smiling again. I mean, I was getting kind of tired of all the drama, but I, I needed a sign that he was really all in. And I think that was a pure moment of he's in, he's here. He's going to play hard. He's going to try to win. He might not be at total peace inside, but that was like our guys there and he's going to be playing and he's going to be under center and everything's going to be okay. On offense, so that was because obviously he's he's the you know he's the fuel in the machine. So that was a big piece for me. I got to go with the I got to go with the Rogers montage where he was kind of doing the hang loose and all the different uh, the the smiles and the hand gestures. We just need our guy back under center. Like I said, if if this is our last shot at it, then we need every bit of twelve we can get.
1: Definitely, I I loved those photos too. They were so fun to look at, and it, it made me feel the same way of like, okay, he's here and he's he's ready to play. You know, it, it, we're no joking around anymore. Like, let's go, ready? Like, give us week one. Um, so for me, I think it's definitely Cobb just coming out there the first day of practice. That um, you know, he was in Green Bay and seeing him and Devonte Adams basically skip. Um, onto the practice field together, like arm in arm, arms linked, just super happy and excited and laughing. Um, that just, it just felt right. Like seeing that I was really excited and um, was another piece where it just made me feel good about the year ahead for Green Bay. And also, you know, Cobb is, he, he's a great guy. So to have him back on the team and um, in the locker room is, is going to be huge for uh, the Packers this year, especially in a year where it seems like they're just going to lay everything out on the line and um, hope they, they can bring a championship home. So definitely loved seeing some of the Cobb content that first day or so. Um, the second part of Dawn's question, also a food question. So she asked, are you able to trust people who don't like condiments, i.e. ketchup, mustard, mayo, ranch, et cetera? So I don't,
2: <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. I mean, that's I'm a, I'm kind of a purist, but that's a little too far for me. You got to have a little something to add some flair. I mean, yeah. so I mean, you're gonna you're gonna go to the ballpark and get a hot dog and not put any anything on it? Like, no, I can't. I can't get around. I can't get my head wrapped around that. Um, I I don't. I mean. You heard me. I put toppings on dessert. Dessert should be good all by itself, but I still need some sort of toppings or sides. So I'm going to have to go with a no. No. Can't trust a non-condiment um, consumer. I don't know what your take is on that.
1: No, I agree. Um, I just, I don't know. And the thing is, I, I have a very strong opinion about mayo. Like I'm not a big mayo fan, but I would rather put like a tiny bit of mayo on a sandwich or something, then eat it just completely dry, like, and have nothing on it. I think there needs to be a tiny bit of some kind of condiment, you know, whether it's one that you love or one that you hate, there's just gotta be something there to like make a sandwich. Or like you said, on a hot dog, like I can't imagine eating a hot dog with nothing on it that uh, unless I was the only thing I had and there wasn't anything else available, but yeah, I'm gonna agree. I don't think I don't think you should be trusted. Um, and personally I don't know anyone who who doesn't use any condiments at all.
2: Well, it's um, kind of you know what it does make me think of, Sarah, is like uh when you had lunch at school, everything was kind of a little more bland and plain there. Yeah. So that that takes you back to when that was like, you know, yeah, it's lunchtime, but like it wasn't wasn't always the greatest. So it's like, no, you gotta you gotta spice it up a little bit. Def- Unintended.
1: <laughs> Definitely. And our last question is also a two part question and it is from Tyler and he wants to know who our favorite Packers tight end of all time are.
2: Hmm. That's a really good, uh, that's a really good question. Uh, Favorite tight end of all time. So, well, one of them has got to be, actually this is, this is a tough one. Um, One of them has got to be, I was going to say Mark Chamorro, but you know, I actually really appreciated what Keith Jackson did in that 96 season too. They won the Super Bowl. They were both really, really good. So, uh, but I'll go with, I'll go with Chamorro. Chamorro was with the team for a, lo- a lot longer. He was a really big part of, of what they did. And then, I mean, if things continue the way they're going, it looks like Bob, Bob Tunya is going to end up being that second one because, uh, I was around in the early nineties. There was a tight end his name was Ed West. He was kind of big when the Packers weren't as good. So good players stood out because they weren't as great, um, I don't know. I mean, JerMichael Finley did a lot of good things, but he was kind of an interesting personality, and then he had the injury. Um, so, I guess I'll, go, I guess I'll go with Tunyon. I'll go with Tunyon and Chamora on that. And I am probably conveniently forgetting somebody from I don't know, like the eighties, Paul, like Paul Kaufman, or somebody from the seventies or the Lombardi era. But curious to hear what your uh, what your answer is on this one.
1: Yeah, I think this is a really tough question because there are so many ways you could go with it. You could go with, okay, what about like as a person? So when I think of just character, like Mercedes Lewis is just so exceptional and I think is really going to go down kind of, you know, even though he spent much of his career in Jacksonville, he, he's a Green Bay Packer, like in inside and out, like he is just absolutely you know about everything that the Packers franchise stands for. So, you know, he has a special place in my heart. Then, you know, there are moments like you said with Tunyon where you're like, "Okay, he could definitely be the guy. Like he he could be the guy in a couple of years." then, you know, you look back on some of the moments that are more nostalgic and you think of guys like Jared Cook and making that catch on, on the edge of the sideline where he's dragging his toes and you're like, okay, you know, he wasn't there for a long time, but when he was there, he did a lot of really great stuff. And you know, that, I mean, that image of him dragging his toes on the line in Dallas is just burned in my memory. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was a great question. Um, so kudos to you, Tyler, because th- there are a lot of legendary Packers tight ends and current tight ends on their roster that you know we could talk about for days. So I think you know there really isn't a wrong answer here. It's just what you prefer and what you know makes a, a good tight end in your mind. Um, and the second part of that question, which will be the last question um, for today, is: Is there a stadium food you get at every game you go to?
2: Ooh. Does this have to be Lambo specifically?
1: Um, it did not say, so I'm going to say no.
2: So not really when it comes to football. It kind of depends because football encompasses a couple different seasons. Baseball, though, baseball is easy. It's always a either Coke or Pepsi and two hot dogs with condiments. <laughs> and to set the record straight, I am a ketchup, mustard, and relish guy. I do all three. I don't put a lot of onions and other stuff on there, but ketchup, mustard, relish, always at the ball game with the Coke. When it comes to basketball and hockey and football, it's I don't know. It's just it's there's something about it. It just varies. I don't have that same traditional mindset. But obviously, you know, when you're going to the ballpark, that's why when someone said, can you trust somebody who doesn't eat condiments? I was like, I can't imagine being robbed of because that's half the half the best part is just putting all that stuff on, slopping it on your hot dog and enjoying it. So I'll go with that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, I think it kind of varies based on what kind of sporting event um, I'm at. But my go-to is usually a soft pretzel. I get a soft pretzel like everywhere. And I always try to get the little cup of cheese that goes with it or something else, you know, mustard, again, condiments Mm -hmm. um, to uh, accompany that. But that's kind of my go-to. I I go to a lot of soccer games here in Florida, Florida um and then you know football games whether it's college football or packers game or something like that and a, a good old like classic big soft pretzel is undefeated in my mind um so i think that would be my answer for sure um well that will wrap up today's episode uh jason thank you again for joining this was great i had a wonderful time you know chatting packers with you getting to know you a little bit better uh kind of wanted to give you the floor see if you have any final thoughts
2: No, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's good to be a part of the midweek crew here. I hope I did the Wednesday show proud by filling in. I'm obviously not Dusty or Steve, but uh, thanks for having me on, Sarah. Same thing. It was good good to catch up. Good to hear some new voices and some new perspectives. And we've got something to work towards. You guys have a lot of really good fans with some really good questions. So that's awesome that you do that and that you get that engagement from them. So thanks again for giving me a microphone. For today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for um, coming on for being a lifesaver. And you know, thank you guys that are listening. We appreciate it. We're excited. We're getting closer and closer to the season. You know, it's August, There are Packers preseason football this month. And we can't wait. So make sure you know, you're following along on Packaday podcast every single day. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, following if you haven't already. Um, on your favorite streaming platform, you know, leave a five star review if you really enjoyed the episode. And make sure to follow at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. You can follow Jason and check out his work on Twitter at Jason Perrone. And you can follow me at Sarah Kelleher4. Uh, we will see you guys again soon. But as always, go pack go.